Welcome to the Social Lights podcast with Kate Vandervoort, where I interview changemakers and innovators on how they connect with their tribe on social media. Brought to you by Social Mediology. Welcome everyone to episode 48 of the Social Lights podcast. I am here with Edwina Sharrick, a passionate health advocate who's embraced technology and innovation to build an online birth education platform. She has over 14 years experience as a midwife, a neonatal intensive care nurse and an emergency nurse. She's delivered hundreds of babies and helped thousands of parents prepare for their best birth. It's Edwina's passion for all expecting parents, regardless of their pathway to parenthood, to have access to quality, evidence-based childbirth education. Birthbeat is a digital health tech platform revolutionising the way we prepare for birth. So welcome, Edwina. It is wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It is quite a mouthful, that introduction, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) It is. We had to record that more than once. (laughs) Um, So Edwina, tell me, what is it that lights you up? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, Well, I'm very fortunate that I work in a job that I absolutely love. Like, and I I think the more you, and the more time you spend working in a role like this, um, the more grateful you are for that fact. I have worked 20 years in public health. um, So being employed uh, by New South Wales Health, which again, has been a beautiful job, but to work for yourself and, Um, of course, and we can explore that comes with its challenges, but what I love, and this is what it comes down to every day is serving women and their families. And I'm able to do that in this role and I can choose how and when to serve women. Um, if something that I see in the course isn't good enough, or if I get some feedback that, oh, this was a little bit confusing navigating somewhere in the program, I can change it. And that's what I really love that we can do it in real time. We're still small enough to be nimble. Um, I've got an incredible team around me. And every day I get sent letters and emails about beautiful babies arriving safely in the world. So like it's, it's, it's a pretty easy job to love. I didn't read the part in your bio that says she's a proud mum of two and turns to mush in the presence of a baby. Oh, <laughs> just, and, 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 and now have two little people that also, mum, 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 look at that. Do you think that's a newborn? I think that is a newborn. How old do you think that baby is? And, you know, yes, I do adore babies, pregnant women. I'm in awe of the whole process. And I'm 15 years in being a registered midwife. So um, I feel very grateful to have, honestly, one of the best jobs in the world. We, we welcome and we're there as new life comes into the world. Um, I think you also have to acknowledge the good with the bad. We're there sometimes to support women in sometimes the hardest days of their lives as well. And that's, that's the reality of our job. Um, thankfully, the majority of the time it's great news, but there are also the tough days, but that's also a gift and an honour to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey up to launching Birthbeat. I know most great businesses come from people's personal experience yep. where they they experience a gap I'm imagining for you that's part of your story very much that is my lived experience I was 38 weeks pregnant with my daughter Polly and our local private maternity unit closed its doors so there was very little community consultation I think when you're pregnant it feels like everyone else is pregnant as well so you know I had a lot of friends that were pretty upset about that what also happened is I live in Tamworth so a regional town 
and that hospital had lots of other smaller hospitals and smaller communities that would feed into that hospital for women to be able to birth their baby. So then they had to travel even further. So they had to be further away from their community, further away from their families, more cost, more family upheaval. And I birthed Polly and I had a reasonably positive experience. But after it, I was like, this isn't good enough. Like we can't just have more and more maternity units closing their doors. And I got researching and, you know, really started to get, I'd say, quite obsessed and probably now nine years in, still quite obsessed with this, um, but that a third of maternity units in Australia have closed in the last 15 years. The majority of those, with the exception of, I think, Mona Vale and one other, are all in rural, regional and remote Australia. So I'm a passionate rural woman. I was born in Mona Vale Hospital. There you go. Do you know what I mean? And... Like when you think about a third, that's a huge number of maternity units. It's also a huge number of women and majority of them in rural Australia who don't have access to a midwife, who have to travel long distances, who have to leave their families to birth their babies, not even into taking into account there are Indigenous cultures, which it is just so challenging for them to not be birthing where they live um, and birthing on country. So I think the more I learnt the more it lit a fire in my belly to say this isn't good enough. Um, And we started on a very small scale teaching childbirth education face-to-face here locally because there wasn't a good service being provided. And, you know, for all of the words that are used so often, um, it was organic. We had no marketing spend. It was just word of mouth. And that went on like that for a couple of years. My, I then birthed my son, Theo. um, And again, my husband did birth beat. So we'd like, this is, we've written the course content. We've made it so that women know how to prepare, what it's going to look, sound and feel like. I found like all these childbirth education courses, a lot of them would just like talk about a certain state, like how you, how you should relax in your mindset or how you should breathe or how you should stay active. And they'll focus just on these one, one stage or one point, whereas ours is just so comprehensive. Um, yes, we talk about breath, but we also talk about how to prepare your pelvic floor and we talk about prenatal yoga and we talk about the mindset and we talk about the conversations to start having with your partner, how to write a birth plan, what to pack in your bag. Like it is, there's a lot of information. And so we weren't able to do all of that in just one weekend. And we had people traveling all over the state to come to our classes here in Tamworth. And Theo had been born, as I said, Roscoe did a birth beat class, not taught by me, um, taught by someone else. You should never try and teach your husband. And Theo's birth, like just the experience, he was a big baby and it was hard work. It was genuinely a beautiful day because we both knew what to expect. And I knew what to expect as a mother, not as a midwife. And my husband knew what his role was as a support person. So that then again fueled the fire even more for how do we create content to show the support person what their role is in the birth suite. Um, and that, that's what the course is now and it's grown into having other products as well, which is essentially just our community said, what if they stop breathing? Oh, yeah, you need to know first aid. So now we teach first aid. Um, a lot of parents in the first two years have a lot of trouble with their babies sleeping. So now we've got a really comprehensive sleep program that supports parents. So it does just keep growing. We were doing it face to face and then I feel like I need a roadmap when I'm explaining all of this. Um, And Theo was born and then I think when Theo was two and Polly was four, 
I was managing the local maternity unit, so um, 1,000 births a year, a very busy, big role, and then teaching birth beat on the weekends. And my husband was just like, something's got to give here. Uh, and that was, you know, that was really hard for me because I loved birth beat, but, you know, I also needed to see my family and I was working full time. Uh, and that was where the idea came to how can we serve more women in Australia uh, and that was how we created the online program so that we could reach more women. What an amazing journey. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of it all came together through your yeah. own experience and your totally. professional experience and then yep. the need that you saw. So when these maternity units are closing down and you say women have to travel, babies don't always, I mean, I know yeah. for me with my um Second, I didn't want to go back to where I had my first because of the trauma that I had oh, associated uh-huh. with there. I'd had my first and then had a mis- miscarriage and then had a baby at 19 weeks that I had to give birth to and I couldn't go back to that hospital. It was oh. all on the same ward and the same units and it, there was too much. So we went to a different hospital, which was a 50-minute drive away, Babies don't always factor in the fact that you've got a long drive. So how does that work when a unit closes down and a woman actually has to drive hours And and I think this is what a lot of Australia, if you don't live in regional Australia, people don't understand this concept because this isn't just around birth um, and this, you know, is a bit of a segue, but this is all healthcare. This is access to all healthcare. Um, You have to travel. And you don't know when you're going to go into labour because a normal labour, you know, a normal gestation is between 37 and 42 weeks. So we're talking about families who may have to travel 200 kilometres, have accommodation for three or four weeks if they've got toddlers or other children, whether those children go with them or whether they have to organise for someone to care for those children because labour and birth, as you say, like we don't know. And it's a huge upheaval, huge cost. And for those that can do that and, you know, can be supported, that's great. For those that can't, often they will elect not to travel to a larger sort of area. Um, And it may be that they have what's called a home birth, a free birth, or they're flown out by raw flying doctors in an acute, in an emergency state. So just... It's so now, wrong. I, I had it's assumed so wrong on so many levels. I had assumed that a normal hospital, if a pregnant woman showed up, they would help them birth their baby. Is that not? A, a lot of them don't have the skills anymore. Oh. So that used to be the case with a lot of regional hospitals. They would still have a midwife. They would have someone. But if there's any sort of complication, um, they're flown out. Mm. Wow. Yeah, Pretty I think scary. We take so much of it for granted, don't we? And that's yeah, and that's all. That's basically all specialist services. So both my children have required operations as younger children and we weren't able to have those done in Tamworth. We had to travel elsewhere. And and I'm really grateful that we live in a country that we can do that, but I also know that we're not the norm um, to be able to, a lot of people can't get access to services in regional health. I wish I had have had your course because if someone had have told me that 42 weeks was normal gestation, then the last two weeks of my second yeah. daughter. So to anyone who's listening who's pregnant, exactly, or not yet pregnant, I always say because you due date, you say you due date so many times it mentally gets ingrained and all your family and friends know you due date. So anyone who's pregnant now, this is my gift to you. Add 10 days to two weeks to that due date and that is your new 
due date. You don't need to share it with anyone, but you need to mentally know that um, because otherwise what happens at 39 weeks, they start talking about an induction or you start thinking, oh, it's going to be soon. It's still another fortnight away and it makes it very long. Yes. Well, I was 40, had just turned 40 and was a geriatric. Oh, yes, pregnancy. yes. Isn't that an awful and term? Because I had an emergency <laughs> Caesar with my first, they told me. You I can't. Possibly. But no VBAC yeah. and no overdue. I, and <laughs> I was determined and she Good was on you. determined to stay in. And yeah. so 14 days overdue. Two anyway, strong women in competition. <laughs> my mother came up to stay for a couple of weeks and the day they left, uh, two weeks overdue, I went into labour. So. You know, and that's the funny thing. Sometimes it is, it's so complicated. Birth is so complicated and our mind and our emotions and our hormones are all so, um, you know, there might be a reason that your body was waiting or holding on. So I think I, I love exploring that. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, so with, um, with Birthbeat, I'm really fascinated in this intersection between technology and humanity. Mm. So providing an online resource for women, how do you keep it really personal? Because obviously childbirth is a really personal thing for yeah. the people who are involved. How do you keep it really personal and keep it human? And I think um, that's such a good question. I think it's something that we probably don't communicate as well as we should as well, that it is exactly that, that it is personalised, that they get to, to ask real-time questions with a registered midwife. We made it so that we built that into the program. This is not just a passive course. I'm not a good learner. I don't have a lot of um, drive to sit and complete. Like I just did a mental health first aid course. And of course it was like the last day that I could possibly do the questionnaire part to it. And I was doing it at 9.30 that night. Like that's the kind of person I need a bit of pressure. Speak my language. <laughs> yes. And I feel like if you create an online course, it might be hard for people to ensure that they complete it. So my focus has always been about how do I make it really engaging, really fun? How do I make it so that people want to sit down and watch it? And we have created that, which is amazing. We have our community say, um, Monday night's our birthbeat night or, you know, like date night's been replaced with birthbeat night. And I just think that's great. The couples are really enjoying sitting down and doing it. What we do as well is that we make sure it is interactive. I speak to them. Um, we run live Q&As every week so that the community, again, are meeting each other. We've got a really active Facebook group where everyone who's part of the online program is within that Facebook group. So you get to know people. Everybody knows where everybody's from, like if you're comfortable with sharing that. Um, and what I have done is I've done a lot of research into how do adults learn best online. So it's a combination of videos, downloadables, um, audio, to make sure there's different educators so that it is truly engaging, again, so that they feel like they get their value for money but also so they truly get educated. You don't want to just be sitting on the couch watching someone go through a slide deck. That's, that's not modern online education. Then again, we automate and personalise all of the emails um, and we make sure that we're speaking to any of the needs of the couples. And if they need it, we will also jump on and do private consults. 
Great. And so our listeners are really interested in the concept of building community and how we use online technology to do that. And I know um, a lot of people don't set out necessarily to intentionally create community. And often a business like this, you amass a community because you're bringing people together. What are some of the things that you've done to proactively build that community amongst your members? I think what's interesting is we basically segment our community into two. So we've got our paid members and we've also got our free content that we deliver to our community because, again, that's important to me. I like to give and serve as much as I possibly can, but I realise I can't give everything away for free. That's not a great business model. Um, So anyone in our online program has access to what we call the Birthbeat VIPs, which is a closed Facebook page who have really close interaction with me, Um, women's health physios, lactation consultants, obstetricians. That's like the, you know, the gold class ticket. Um, But I was always really comfortable in social media talking to them because I knew they wanted to hear from me. Then when the pandemic, and this is really when our community really exploded online, was, well, gosh, there are so many women and their families now really isolated because of this pandemic. Their classes have been cancelled. They don't have access to quality childbirth education and they're scared. They need real-time updates. Uh, and that was when we kind of sat down and said, right, how, do we, how are we going to address this? And I said I would get on Facebook live twice a week, Instagram live twice a week, and as information came out from Royal, Royal Australian Obstetrician um, RACGP, which is the College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, that's a mouthful, um, or anything was coming out from the College of Midwives, we were sharing that information but then explaining what it meant. You know, I felt like a lot of that information was coming out from um, state and from health, but it was like, now can you explain that in layman's terms? And I always felt really uncomfortable, like sitting talking into my phone. It just felt a bit naff. And it was once you just start doing it and I actually love it now. Like I get excited. I get on a Monday morning. I'm like, here we are, Birthbeat Live. And everyone's like, you've got so much energy. I was like, I love talking to my community. Um, and it was, I think the COVID sort of forced me to do that because it was something that I felt a bit uncomfortable with. And I'd heard all the coaching and all the, oh, you've just got to start and then it will, you know, become more natural. So I have nothing more insightful than to say, you've actually just got to start and realise that your community, you need them more than they need you. Do you know what I mean? Like I I value my community so much and I think that's probably what makes it, I don't know, that's what makes it a success. And it sounds like too that you've really evolved the products and services based on feedback from your community, which is what community is all about. Totally. So many brands and businesses. Yeah, tell me what you want, you know, tell me what works. Um, Like I like. My community are so awesome. The other day um, someone said, oh, just a typo there, you know, like, and they screenshot it and send it to me. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so like, I love that they're, they're that invested. invested that they go, oh, I'll just send that to Edwina. She'll want to know that, which I totally did. Um, and, and, you know, like we get the most beautiful reviews and feedback and, you know, that stuff, that's because they're truly invested. Now, a lot of communities come together for a particular purpose and then 
disband and others come together and last for a long time. I remember when I was pregnant, I joined all these Facebook groups and, you know, some of those turned into mother's groups. And I'm still friends with women that I met all over Australia and and sometimes the world who were all pregnant at the same time as me. How do you manage that journey or that transition through your community, given this is a fairly defined time in a woman's life? I think when we started, we really thought that, um, you know, they'd only be in our community for 12 months and they wouldn't really want to hear from us. Um, but then after about 12 months, they're thinking about being pregnant the next time, you know. So then we go into, well, they're thinking, they're thinking about it. Uh, and so then we well, go. Well, they've still to, got all those fabulous. Yeah, exactly. Babies. Cute little eight-month-old. And you're like, this would be a great idea. Let's get pregnant again. The second one. <laughs> um, but because we also do our baby and child first aid and now we do our sleep and settle, We've realised by introducing more products that will support our current community, we've also extended the time that the community is engaged with us. Um, but we appreciate that, you know, they're not going to be in there probably when their kids are 9 and 10 and that's okay because, again, it's it's a revolving door for us because women are always going to be having babies. Do you find that some of the older or longer term members stick around and support your totally it's so great like the other day um that's maturity i I know and and the other day i screenshotted something to share with the team because i hadn't answered something in the facebook for the vips and one of the other mums had said oh it's in module nine the videos and i was like yes that's like that's when you know your community have your back that they're taking time out of their day to answer the group or, or often it's around product recommendations um you know like hi we're going like i just saw one there um we're going traveling with a six-month-old looking for a best travel and you know and all of them are taking photos and saying oh i liked this one i like this i didn't like this and that's what a mother's group is so we've created that virtual mother's group and they're so kind it's just beautiful and I swear some of these online communities, they make or break businesses in terms yeah, of recommendations. Yeah, but and again, I think that's good because oh, it holds absolutely. businesses accountable that if you have crappy service or if you don't treat your clients well, you'll get found out pretty quickly in this day and age. I remember when I was pregnant with my first and, well, no, I was pregnant with my second, but it was the mother's group from my first and one of the mothers, her child had fallen through the side of a cot and the company were appalling in how they dealt with it. And there is nothing like one cranky mother, but you get a group of cranky Oh, look out. (laughs) And they started giving feedback and I being a social media specialist sat on the edges because I'm very yeah. aware of what yeah. that could do. Um, but they started giving feedback on this page and they just deleted and blocked every single person. Wow. Well, then it went viral in every mother's group. Yeah, across I was going to say, like just, do you know what you I mean? I, <laughs> the way like our culture in our workplace is be kind, don't be a dick. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not that hard. Just... Yeah do the right thing always. And like I teach my two young children that, how do we not get that in, you know, corporate Australia still? And so have you needed to put in guidelines in place? Because I know how... I don't have any any if you join this group, you must. Uh, We don't have any of that in our closed group. So how do you maintain the culture of the group? Because if there's one thing I learned through having children, it's the variety of opinions about how things should be done as a mother. Well, and I think that is, and I think that is part of the people that join our tribe 
know who they're like and, and I am very conscious and very public in saying we don't judge any type of parenting there is no right or wrong way to birth you don't fail in childbirth you know I say this over and over and over and you know I really think your vibe attracts your tribe I don't do you know what I mean like well yeah, that's, people that's can have really strong setting the culture yeah and, and yes you know people can have really strong opinions um I would say in the non so like we have our VIPs who are our paid members and then we have our um birth beat tribe which again is but we do have that there are rules when you join that community yeah and I, and I imagine think that's actually about creating like it's not for me it's actually just about creating a safe space for my tribe yeah absolutely mm. and I'm not sure if you find that your members are still really quite active in your public tribe yeah hugely hugely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so they, they help cross, to establish they, that they culture. cross-pollinates yeah exactly yeah. Wonderful. So have you had any other, are there any other insights you'd like to share around growing and activating a community and how that's evolved with Birthbeat? I think it's good for me to share that when, like I love childbirth education and when it was like get out of your own way, I had this assumption that people aren't going to want to see me and, you know, like they're going to unfollow and, my view of Instagram was like, I don't want to see your smashed avocado toast. You know, like I had a pretty negative view around um, and I was a bit judgy, to be honest. And then I listened to a podcast and I can't remember what it was. And it was like, they, they said, it's social media. You need to be social. Social is interaction, give and take, not just here's some information or here's something I did today. Um, I think speaking to your community and asking them questions, and that can be through like direct messenger or running polls or asking questions or what do you want to see more of, that actually makes it so much more fun because you're interacting. Um, so treat social media like it is social and it is so much more fun and it will work uh, rather than just, oh, I want to sell something so I'm just putting it out there and expecting that people are going to buy that's not you know what I mean that's not it doesn't work no no it doesn't and it's no fun like it's no fun for you as the business owner you just feel like oh that didn't you know that didn't get many likes or do you know I mean I'm like I don't care about that now because I just I enjoy doing it genuinely <laughs> Well, and when you said before that people comment on your energy, when when you do show up and mm. you shine and you mm. attract your tribe, then you yep. get energy from that interaction That's too. Because and be you. Like I think um, like my sister. Everybody else says, is taken. Yes, that's it. Or my sister always says, you do you, boo. And I love that because, you know, often I'm in a hoodie and I'm very excited about my glass of red wine at 5.30 and I always tried to hide that and be really professional. And I think the more that you let the real you shine, um, that that's, you know, that's pretty refreshing to see these days. Well, and I think it gives everybody else permission to be real mm. and mm. in the glossy, glamorous world of social media. So many people. One and of the best think... quotes I've been ever that I remember from my mother, you know, early yeah. mothering days, don't compare your insides oh, to yeah. everybody else's outsides because everyone else looks like they're together. That's such gold. That is yeah. such gold. And I think particularly in the early parenting stages, um, it's really easy to compare yourself to others or to 
hear those voices really loudly. And again, I, I something I share with all my birthbeat mums, choose who you're going to give that microphone to. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. choose if there's someone that you really value and who's really important in your life, like your partner or um, if you're aligned with another friend around how you want to feed and parent and help your baby to sleep, give them the microphone. But also you have the choice to take the microphone off other people and put them on mute. Often it is well-intended advice, but it's just overwhelming when you're a new parent. Um, so I actually give my birthbeat parents strategies around how to put people on mute, who to bring into your tribe. And it's not forever, but it's just, it's about sort of a bit of self-preservation, particularly in those early months. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same in digital marketing and social media that, you know, you want to choose where you share Mm. who you are and you want to do that in in appropriate places. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with me today, Edwina, and sharing a bit about your journey and uh, Birthbeat. Where can people find you if they want to? Uh, On the socials. That was very... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're birthbeat.com for our website, but um, Facebook, Birthbeat, Instagram, Birthbeat, um, LinkedIn, and we've just launched on YouTube. Fantastic. Well, we'll make sure to include all of those links. All those handles of Birthbeat, yep. Yeah, wonderful. And it's been really lovely speaking with you today. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on the Social Lights podcast produced by Social Mediology. You can connect with us on Facebook at Social Lights Podcast and you can find today's show notes and more episodes at socialmediology.com.au forward slash social lights. Please subscribe in your favourite podcast platform to receive future episodes and share with your tribe to inspire others to action.